Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Gosh. Yep. Whew. He's been faithful to me. <laughs> so good. Hallelujah. Well, you can be seated. Woo. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, so it's one of those times when I had three sermons. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost today. <laughs> and who is he? <laughs> okay, so let's go to John 16, verse 7 through 14. First of all, the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of the Son. He's the Spirit of Jesus and the Spirit of the Father combined. So that's powerful. And just think, God gave him to us to help us. Uh, he said, I won't leave you alone. See, he was walking with his disciples, and they had Jesus all the time with them. That was comforting, right? And he said, I won't leave you helpless or alone. I'm going to send you the comforter, the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost was the Spirit of the Father and the Son. So, man, we got them all living in us. That's huge. Now, they weren't living in, in, and not at first, in the disciples because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. So we are privileged. Okay, verse 7. I'm not there. Okay. And I, I'm going to do it out of the Amplified. However, I am telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, it is good, it expedient, and advantageous that for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, and the st standby will not come to you and to close fellowship with you, but if I go away, I will send him to you and be in close fellowship with you. Now, I chose that amplified because it actually, well, in the King James, King James, it actually says paraclete. The word paraclete means all those names. Okay. And when he comes, the next verse, when he comes, he will convict and convince the world, not condemn and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness, uprightness of heart and right standing with God and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me or trust me or adhere to me. About righteousness, 
and right standing with God because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment because the ruler, evil genius prince of the world, Satan, is judged and condemned and sentence already passed on him. I still have many things to say to you, but you are not able to bear them or take them upon you or grasp them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, now I like the King James better on this one. <laughs> Could you turn to the King James? Can you get that up there? Now, okay. So somebody asks you, what is truth? Uh-huh. But, but what if um, they said you had cancer? What is truth? Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's you think you're denying. You're in denial. <laughs> Just before you say, I've had my, deg I have my degree in nursing. Okay. <laughs> and I had cancer. Also, the left side here, <laughs> my breast. You know what? And so, yeah, so I had a mammogram, and then that one time they said, hmm, come back. <laughs> and so I came back, and they said, well, now we need to take a biopsy. So I took a biopsy. They said it was cancer, you know, first stage. Okay. But when they said it, I was so, um, I'd been teaching healing so much here, and so, and singing that song, whose report do I believe? I shall believe the report of the... And that's an Isaiah 53, <laughs> the healing. <laughs> I honestly, that's all that went through me when the doctor talked to Ken and I. It says, whose report do I believe? Whose report do I believe? <laughs> and I, I knew I you know, had a face up to it. I'm not denying it. So I said, okay, he says, well, I would say you had about three months and you better make a decision what you want to do. Okay, so I think, okay, I'm going to pray and ask God. And honestly, I knew that I should just have the surgery. That's where my faith was. So I just want to get rid of it. Because <laughs> you know, I'd be walking around and I'd go, I've got cancer inside of me. <laughs> I want to get rid of it. <laughs> um, uh, but there wasn't that fear in me at all right. at that time. Um, now, I mean, it can be when, you know, it, it, it can, it just depends. It just happened to be that I was teaching on it quite a bit, and that helped me a lot. Yeah. Okay. So then, then um, so I told them I'd do that, and they have to talk to you because of insurance for 45 minutes. And then he says, oh, and... Afterwards, you're going to have chemo, and I thought, mm, we'll see. <laughs> so we had the we had the surgery, <laughs> had the surgery, and then I, you know, came back in a week or whatever, and you had drains and stuff in there, and yuck, I hate those things. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, he says, well, now we'll uh, we'll wait a little while till you heal, and then have chemo. And I says, um, the Lord told me this specifically. He said, no. No chemo. Because I knew it wasn't that bad. And why should I? I thought all I could think of was I got to preach in front of the, I got to preach. I can't, I can't, 
I got to do what God wants me to do, and I'm older already, and I don't want to. How old was that? Was in. Wait a minute. It was like what? Ten years ago? Yeah. Yeah. It was almost eleven. Yeah. At the end of this year, it'll be eleven. So it was ten years ago. So I was like, so eighty-three. So I was like eighty. I'm seventy-three already. So I thought, no. I'm, oh, are you, no, 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 no. <laughs> it'll, do, it'll deplete me too much. Uh, and, and so I said, well, I'm willing to go to chemotherapy and sit there and I said, can, can I please have a nurse tell me what the, the effects of it are? Oh my gosh. And she, <laughs> so we sat there and Ken was, we were sitting at a table and I kept kicking him. And I almost started to laugh. I thought, there ain't no way. Because <laughs> the effects are horrid. <laughs> they really are. And why should I deplete myself when I know that, I mean, my Lord told me I'd be all right. Now, not everybody should do this. I mean, I was absolutely sure of that. And then, then even the chemo pills that I, they said, well, you take them the rest of your life, but I'm not, I didn't take any. At all, I'm fine, but uh, that's just. But see, your faith has to be there. Don't do it if your faith isn't there. Please don't do that because I did it. Don't do that. You got to hear from God because we don't want you. You do everything you can to preserve your body so you can keep preaching the gospel, so you can keep moving on, so that you can be older. Don't do that. Amen. And you know, if you need to take some kind of a pill, yes, take it. Yes. Like, for example, a hormone pill. I mean, you know, like they, they take everything out. You know, that you're going you're gonna to be, start getting goofy. And you're going to be, your personality is going to change. You know, there may be a time. Take it until you know you have enough faith that you could please i am begging you we all have a measure of faith and there are sometimes you should take stuff sometimes you shouldn't and god will show you not now you don't do it because i did it didn't or did or did or whatever <laughs> mm -mm. yeah see I, I was very quick to take like like for d surgery but i got an artificial knee <laughs> anyway but uh, yeah, because I want to keep going, and and you know, and you take something so so that the, you get rid of all the blood that they <laughs> did it. You, you know, get all bruised on your leg. It's real heavy. It gets it's full of bruises. Let's just put that up that way afterwards. But you have to get rid of that, or you get a blood clot. Well, I'm certainly gonna take that pill. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's not forever, it's just for a couple of weeks, you know, and stuff like that. You've got to be reasonable about that, though. But if it's affecting, like you're, like my daughter had every, you know, she had to have everything taken out, all her uh, female organs, and, and she, otherwise she'd be a bear cat. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we want to be nice. Okay, 
All right, now I want to get back to the Holy Ghost, please. Sorry, Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it. I sometimes I know it. I, I am being following the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I really am. Okay, how be it when He, the Spirit of Truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. And see that. That's another thing. When you're in our end, or you 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 worked on the floor and you you do the you think you know. See, so I'm tell I told you that because they mostly will say you gotta take it. You come on, you you follow God first. I wasn't always you know a Christian when I was that either. Okay, but He will guide you into all truth. His word is truth, and He will not speak of Himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. And the Holy Ghost will glorify Jesus. Because he will receive of mine. It says in the Amplified, he'll honor and glorify me. Because he will take what is mine and reveal and transmit and disclose it to you, the truth. So he is the truth. That's why you can say you're healed when you're not healed. Because this word is forever settled in heaven. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. And if he said, I'm healed... Well, and he did the healing on the cross. It's already done. And it see, you just have to get your faith to that point where you believe that. My faith was there at that time. I, you know, I, it, it can, you, know, you can have faith for something at one time and 10 years later not. <laughs> so, I mean, you do your measure of faith. That's, some, that's a whole other subject, but we probably need to preach on it. Okay, so the meaning of the Greek word paraclete actually means comforter, he's a counselor, he's an advocate, he's a helper. Think of what those words are saying. He's an intercessor, he prays for us, he strengthens us, and he stands by us. Okay, let's just go, just touch on a couple of them. Um, he's a helper. Go to John 14 now, 16. Let's go in King James. And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide or live with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. you got the spirit of truth in you. you got to stir it up, though, to get it. Whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not. It knows him, neither knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jump down to verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Yeah. 
That's another thing. He teaches you. And he brings all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. See, sometimes, you know, you, you just get this old, you want to keep your mind. I have the mind of Christ. That's a scripture. And I hold the thoughts, the feelings, the plans, the purposes of God. My memory is blessed. And I thank you, Holy Ghost. You show me things to come, and you put me in remembrance of the things that you have taught me. <laughs> I put that whole thing in there. <laughs> and my, did I say my memory is blessed? Yeah. Mm. Put that whole thing. Say it all the time. Okay. So see, often though, we go to the wrong place for help. And see, how often do we look on the inside of us? And we got the answer in us. We run to other people. You know, it says, 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Well, they're talking about the devil there. But see, how many of us depend on the Holy Ghost who is dwelling in us to help us? We got to just, we got to run to him. He is the truth. And sometimes we run all over the country, even to different doctors looking for someone to help us. You see, and no person is always there to help you in your time of need. <laughs> uh, you know what? I mean, you know what? Maybe your cell phone isn't around. <laughs> or no one's around, you know? <laughs> you might be there all by yourself. No nothing. No people. No help. No nothing. Not even a cell phone. See, now, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit is always in you as a comforter and a helper. He is in you, and the Bible says he is. And he wants to comfort you. He wants to help you. And he will do it if you allow him to, if you just say, Holy Ghost, I know you're there. And I'm just asking you, what should I do? Or he'll, he'll give you a... Um, so many times he's given me answers about stuff yeah. that I, and sometimes you got to just say, ask him and leave it go. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of a grocery store or somewhere, he'll say, this is what I want you to do. And I go, oh my gosh, yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. You know what? And you'll have, you'll have that helper within, you'll have comfort within, and, uh, and sometimes people can't even understand the peace and the composure that you have. See, he's a gentleman, too, though. He is quiet and soft. Now, you know how it says in the Old Testament how it wasn't the, it wasn't the thunder, it wasn't the lightning, it wasn't the fire. It was the still, small voice. And that's what it is. And it comes up. You don't hear it audibly necessarily, but it'll just come up and go, and you go, oh, yeah. You just know it's him. And you, you'll develop that. If you're a newer Christian, you, you will develop it. Like, oh, I, was, I, was, I want to hear the Holy Ghost. I want to hear, you know what I mean at first. It, it, it will come. Um, all that God could possibly be and do for you, the Holy Spirit is to you and for you. All that God, because he is God. Um, I, I have this, the helper helps you pray the perfect will of the Father God for you, specifically too. He helps and guides you to the right path. 
the preordained path, the path that you are supposed to be on, a victory and deliverance. And if you get the wrong path, he'll show you. Because he helps you get on the path of healing and life and prosperity. And he will never leave you. Okay, so what's another one? Counselor. See, we go to all these worldly counselors. And he is the best counselor in the world. <laughs> Ask for his wisdom. It says in James, it, it's 1.5, it says, if you need wisdom, ask for it. And he will give it to you liberally in a braid knot. And what that means is, even if you were just sinning, <laughs> he, he's not going to say, well, you were just sitting, so I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> he won't do that. You ask him for wisdom, and it says he'll give it to you and upbraid not. He, he won't, he, he doesn't, you know, say, well, you don't deserve it. No, he will give you wisdom, but you wait for it. In the nighttime, you can wake up worried or with fear or doubt. Anybody ever do that? <laughs> Just a couple of you, huh? <laughs> so, see, and he'll give you a scripture. I remember he gave me a scripture once. I didn't even know I knew it. <laughs> it was kind of when I was a young Christian, and I, it was like, that will keep him in per Keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me. And I had no idea where it was. And, um, and I thought, I didn't know I'd do that. <laughs> I didn't know it. He gave it to me. <laughs> See, he'll lead you into all truth for your situation too. Um, did we read John 16, 13? Since we're close there, I'm gonna, I'll just read it. I didn't read verse 13. Oh, I did. Howbeit the spirit of truth is come, and he will guide you into all truth. For he won't speak of himself, but whatsoever he hears, he will speak. And he will show you things to come. The spirit of truth, God the Father will tell him. It, it, there's just, you ask for counsel, ask for wisdom. See, and we're getting so much teaching about the soul area, which is your mind, your will, your emotions. It's not your spirit. That's a different area, and you have to, you have to control those. You have to notice and cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You are the righteousness of God. And you know what? I mean, and this is what we're hearing the teaching you are righteous, yes. and that righteousness will make you flow in the right path. Yes. See, he will lead you to all truth for your situation. Yes. Like, should I take the chemo? Yes. Or the radiation, too. See, Romans 8.14, you don't have to put it up there. But it says, for as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. Just think what that's saying. You're born again. You're a son and daughter of God. But it says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. <laughs> and I always think, 
oh, I just want to be your daughter, so lead me, lead me. And I think, ah, oh, you're already your daughter. If you're born again, you are. But, you know, get real with God. Just get real with him. Okay, so the third thing, he's an advocate. Now, that's a lawyer. That's an attorney who appears in court on your behalf. It's a defender, and he argues a cause. Now, in our case, <laughs> who does he argue with? The devil. <laughs> see, see, he vindicates you. If you're, you know what, he vindicates you if you're using the word of God. You're vindicated. Your enemy is the devil. There, there's like a, okay, how about, see, the mercy seed. Here's God the Father. Here's the mercy seed with the blood of Jesus that he, that he was, that, you know, he shed in the crucifixion. It is alive. The blood is still alive. And here's God the Father. When you speak the word of God, Jesus says, hey, they're speaking by word, and God the Father says, I'll send angels down to help them. It's true. So he pleads your cause, though. He wants to vindicate you. Uh, Psalm, um, there's, there's so many Psalms, but here's one. Psalm 18, verse 47. Oh, there's so much in the Psalms. You'd probably be here all day. Psalms 18, verse 47. The God who avenges me, avenges me and subdues people under me, who delivers me from my enemies. Yes, you lift me up above those who rise up against me. You deliver me from the man of violence. Therefore will I give thanks and extol you, Lord, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Great deliverances and triumphs gives he to his kings. Who are his kings? Who are his kings again? Yeah. Remember, if you're, the, you're translated from that kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God, soon as you get born again, and the second that happens, you are in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a real ki kingdom. And it's all the kingdoms of the earth will be destroyed, but the kingdom of God. And in fact, the earth holds only two kingdoms, really, in the spirit realm. One's the kingdom of the devil, one's the kingdom of God. So you make your choice. But you immediately, it says, Colossians 1.13, you are translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear son. Soon as you say, Jesus be my Lord and Savior, and you meet it in your heart. You're, you're translated. That, it's just a fact. And you know what? It says then you are a citizen of heaven. Just like a citizen, our citizenship in the United States is great, but it's not going to last. United States is going to be destroyed too eventually. All the kingdoms of the earth, except the kingdom we're in. And there's a lot about that in the book of Daniel too. Okay, 
So he's our intercessor. <laughs> the Holy Spirit takes part with us and makes our weak prayers effective. Romans 8, 26. Praying in tongues, that's right. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, our inabilities to produce results. That's what infirmities means. It doesn't necessarily mean sickness. There. It doesn't. It means inability to produce results. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Sometimes we don't know what's going on in a situation. But the Spirit himself makes it says itself. The Holy Ghost is not an it. The Holy Ghost is a real person. The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered in intelligible language or words. That's tongues. Right there. And we're not going to get into a whole lot of that, but, but he'll help you in prayer. When he dwells inside of you. What, what a blessing that is. You know, I had one more for uh, the advocate. This is really a good one. Because uh, Hebrews 10.30 in the Amplified. I want to give that to you. I forgot that one. Um, to give it to you. Because give this to people when they're in a court case. This is a good scripture to pray. In a court case. It says, for we know him. Oh, okay. Amplified. Yeah. Hebrews 10.30. For we know whom, him who said, vengeance is mine, retribution, and the meeting out of full justice rest with me. I will repay. I will exact the compensation, says the Lord. Tina and Doug. <laughs> And again, the Lord will judge and determine and solve and settle the cause in cases of his people. That's another good one for you right now. Now, you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It isn't that God says, well, I like you because you're my child, so I'm really going to get even with that other person. God isn't like that. God just leaves them, but he said, I'm going to repay you for what you lost. He repays us. Yeah, that's what vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Everything you lost, you'll, you'll get restored from the Lord when you, when you count on him. Okay, so he's a strengthener. Well, I tell you what, when you get this age, this, you need that one. Yeah, <laughs> You do, I mean, it's just like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, a lot of times if you, I, my hand went <clears throat> like this, and my knee was down, and, uh, and I didn't even get, I thought, I didn't even get a scratch. And just a lot of times that'll, you know, you're older, <laughs> and it didn't. <laughs> Not the, and I just, 
That's, you just know God's with you and cushions you. An angel was probably laying there, let me fall on her, on him. <laughs> I just thanked him over and over because there was, it, it's still, it's black and blue down here, but it doesn't, it doesn't even hurt. Yeah, I mean, he's our strengthener. And then I go, okay, I fell down, big deal, get up. <laughs> Okay, he's your strengthener. God is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? Shall I fear? You know? So in trouble, look on the inside of you for strength. Uh, see, don't wait for, the, for, for God to send something down from heaven. <laughs> it's inside of you. And he's already dwelling in you. He lives in you, and he will give you strength. There's so many scriptures, and I, I won't, just for the sake of time, I'll just read them because I wrote them down. Um, okay, so God is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? Romans, that, that one I'm not sure where it's at. It's in the Psalms. But Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. And that's Nehemiah 4 something. The joy of the Lord is my strength. But honestly, the joy is. I've been listening to Nancy Dufresne, and the righteousness comes. When you have righteousness and you're really operating in it, you have peace. And when you have peace, you have joy. Doesn't that make sense? If you're really operating in righteousness. I like that. They come in order. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. And see, it's, let the weak say, I am strong. Joel 3.10. You know, so see, he gives you, he gives you strength to endure hostility and hardness of the world system. He can. He can. That's okay. Stand by. He's always standing by you. Whoa, look at them. They're robbing the bank. <laughs> See, I'm trying to show you what I'm going to stand by, though, and I'm going to tell him, don't do that. <laughs> He'll still stand by you when you're sinning. <laughs> he stands by you, and he, he asks you, I mean, he's standing there, and he's waiting for you to ask him, help me. <laughs> help me overcome this temptation to steal. What, whatever it is. Do you see what I'm talking about? He won't leave you or forsake you. It says he won't, and he stands by you. He, it, it's, in fact, it says he never will leave you nor forsake you. He is always there. You may leave him in heart. Or you may quench him. Uh, you can. In fact, um, okay, just, just think of this too. He stands by you. James 4, 2, though, says, you have not because you ask not. Ask him to help you. Well, but, but what I'm asking for is to get me out of this because I was sinning. I did something wrong. That's okay. 
He'll help you, but he'll straighten you out, too. <laughs> um, and a lot of times, maybe he hasn't done anything for you because you didn't ask him. Ask him. You know what? When you do, he will stand by and he'll cause justice to come. He'll cause equity to come. He'll cause fairness to manifest in your life and he'll cause you to repent. If you need to. If you need to. So I think we got them all. Yeah. Okay, so depend on the Holy Spirit. Trust in him. Don't try to figure out a solution in your own flesh. You got him. See, don't pray out of your head. Don't pray. Confused, perplexed, anxious, worried, upset, crying, been there, done that. And sometimes we worry before, after, and during the time we pray. <laughs> but guess what? When we pray like that, our prayers are worthless <laughs> because they're not in faith. See, don't depend on your flesh. Don't depend on your own mental capacities and your reasoning to find an answer to our needs. That's the first thing we as humans do is go to the reasoning. You know, even to the point of writing down pros and cons. Don't do that. The, the Holy Ghost doesn't care how many cons there are. <laughs> so don't depend on your flesh. And don't pray for hours when you know what the Word says about it all the time. It isn't always necessary to pray for hours. I can remember uh, there was somebody and he passed on to heaven, but I remember he said... This, this classmate of his, he went to Rhema, and this classmate of his uh, was crying, and he said, my marriage is, is on the rocks, and, you know, they used to hang around with each other as couples and stuff. And he says, will you please intercede for me? And he said, yes, I will. I sure will. And he got off the phone. He turned off the TV. He laid on the carpet, and he started praying in tongues for about five minutes. <laughs> and, and he fell asleep. <laughs> and when he, the phone was ringing and it woke him up and he said my wife came back to me <laughs> see it didn't even take much he said he felt he started praying in tongues and it, it, it was there was so much peace he fell asleep <laughs> oh go to let's go here though let's go to Philippians 4 4 through 8 in the King James Is it? Okay. We'll make it. <laughs> See, some of you, sometimes people think, well, oh, it's going to be about tongues, so I'm getting out of here. <laughs> it's not. Okay, rejoice. Now, this right here tells you joy is huge with God. And not always easy when you hear somebody died or something like that, you know. And, but, whew, 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You have to re-get your juice up. <laughs> juice it up. Rejoice. That's what I always think. You know, instead of going to the bar and drinking. <laughs> A lot of people, that's where they try to get it, but there's something wrong. Okay, next verse. And it's, well, let, this should be gentleness. Let your gentleness and kindness be known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. Next verse. Be careful for nothing. For nothing. And, and it doesn't mean uh, be careful as like we say, be careful you don't slip on the ice, you know, something like that. It's don't be full of cares. In other words, now the Amplified's better on this. Okay. Do not fret or fear or have anxiety, but I put fear, stress, yeah. worry, or have unforgiveness about anything. Yeah. Do not. See, when the second that happens and you hear a bad report, you're going to start fretting and have anxiety and fear, because I have. Just the other day, <laughs> I thought, what am I doing? See, catch yourself. But in every circumstance, in everything, by prayer and petition, a definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. You got the Holy Ghost. Go to him. You have not because you ask not. Just be honest. And I mean, like the other day, I, and I went, oh, I... Forgive me, Lord. I'm not, you know, and I just talk to him as a, a, the best friend you've got. And then this is what it says, but, but thank him too. Verse 7, and God's peace shall be yours. Now I'm in the, um, and now let's go to the King James. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, what is wrong with me? I'm full of peace. <laughs> yeah. Shall keep or guard your heart. It'll guard your heart. And it'll guard your mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. Then, this is King James 2. I want. Finally, brethren, finally. <laughs> Whatsoever things are true, Hmm, now, where did we hear that word before, just about, you know, a few minutes ago? True? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. <laughs> the word is truth. Whatsoever things are true, the word is true. I got cancer. The word says I'm healed. <laughs> that, there's just, yeah. It's, it's the truth that's everlasting. Maybe it isn't in you right now, but you know that God, that's, there's just a way to do this. Like you hear something and you, you go, no, no, I'm going to rejoice. Even if it isn't, I go, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tears might be coming down your cheeks and you might be upset, but you go, no, I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Well, I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. But pretty soon, you change that. Do what the Word says. See, I'm obeying the Word. 
and that's the spirit of truth. And I've learned over all these years that that was it, especially um, as much as I don't want to admit this, <laughs> when the students kept coming back from Bible college, <laughs> and I saw that they learned that. They did. <laughs> Under all circumstances, you, you look to the word, you look with joy. Yeah. Come on, let's, 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 you know, laugh. Laugh at adversity. Oh, that devil hates it because it will change. Okay, but finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, and that's going to be the word, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. See, and sometimes all those things that have happened are not of a good report. And you hash them and hash them and hash them, and you get into drama and knock it off. <laughs> knock off the drama. That's where I saw from Marietta. Knock off the drama. I'm not even going to listen to you. You have learned the word. Let's use the word. Otherwise, it's worthless. <laughs> And what sort of things are of a good report? If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, you think on these things and quit thinking about just all this other stuff. <laughs> Even verse 9, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Okay, so... Um, when, when you're filled with some kind of a mental upset and concern, you, you feel like, have you ever felt like somebody has mentally beaten you up? We've all been there. Oh, yeah. And you're, you're trying to figure out the solution in your mind. And most of the time when you do that, you're using reasoning. And your mind is confused and you get worn out mentally. Don't make a decision then. Where is the Holy Spirit? He's not in your head. See, how do you even contact God? In the spirit. With your spirit, not your head. He, he's, God is in your heart or your spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, though. Hey, you're, the church is living in you. <laughs> Uh, 1 Corinthians, you know what, we, we'll look at these scriptures. 1 Corinthians 3.16. And these... 1 Corinthians You know, why is your body the temple of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> because your body is the temple of your own spirit. And he's living in your spirit. See that? Okay, this is a scripture. Amplified. You got that amplified up there? Oh, put the, 
Well, I know, we used to sing this. No, you're not, no, you're not, you are the temple. No, you're not, no, you're not, you are the temple. No, you're not, no, you're not, you are the temple. You are the temple. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. And then I'm filled with praise, filled with power, filled with glory, on and on and on. I mean, that used to be a good song. I started out as a baby Christian. And, you know, you say that stuff, it gets in you through song. I loved it. Okay, but listen in the Amplified. Do you not discern? Do you not understand that the whole church at Fremont are God's temple, his sanctuary, and that God's spirit has his permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and individually. Hey, look what it says, the next one. I, if anyone does hurt to God's temple or corrupts it with false doctrines or destroys it, God will do hurt to him and bring him to the corruption of death and destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. It's sacred to him. And that temple, you, the believing church, the believing church, believing church, and its individual believers are. Ooh, okay, go to 1 Corinthians, go to 6, 19. Close by. Amplify. <laughs> you know what? Let's start with verse 15. <laughs> I wasn't good a lot. You know, when I was looking this over, I thought, oh, well, you know, we're talking about, well, let's, let's do this anyway. Do you not see and know that your bodies are members? Now, it's talking to people who are born again. Do you not see and know your bodies are members and bodily parts of Christ, the Messiah? Am I therefore to take the parts of Christ and make them parts of a prostitute? Never, never. <laughs> or do you not know and realize that when a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? The two, it is written, shall become one flesh. But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him, with the Lord. Shun immorality and all sexual looseness. Flee from impurity in thought, in word, or deed. Any other sin which a man commits, or a woman, is one outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, and you are not your own? He owns you. <laughs> you were bought with a price, purchased with the preciousness, and paid for. That price was his blood. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. But see, this is for born-again Christians, though. Not for the world. The world doesn't know any better. None of us do. Okay, 
2 Corinthians 6.16. Yes. They're all kind of six. Yeah. 6.16. You know, let's start with 14. <laughs> no. Okay, I'll let you out of your pursuit. <laughs> Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, not even as friends. Do not make mismated alliances with them or come under a different yoke with them, inconsistent with your faith. For what partnership has right living? See, you are the righteousness of God. And that's a, a, that's a fact. You were made righteous the second you were born again. What, what partnership has right living and right standing with God with iniquity and lawlessness? Or how can light have fellowship with darkness? 15, what harmony can there be between Christ and Belial, the devil? Or Belial, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but he's calling them the devil. He's calling you Christ. Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Next, what agreement can there be between a temple of God and idols? They're calling them idols. For we are the temple of the living God, and even as God said, I will dwell in and with and among them and walk in and with and among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. So, next verse. Come out from among unbelievers and separate and sever yourself from them, says the Lord, and touch not any unclean thing. Then I will receive you kindly and treat you with favor. And I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. Boy, I tell you, some of these scriptures you don't know unless you read through the whole Bible that they're even in there. I mean, that's huge. Yikes. Well, where was, oh boy, I don't even know where I left off. <laughs> oh, okay. So in the middle of perplexity, though, the Holy Spirit's right there in your spirit, spirit, standing with you, and he is God, too. And you can actually find rest in the middle of a battle. Just go to him. He's inside of you. You're able to laugh out loud when nothing seems right. And when you wake up in the night, instead of worrying, start laughing. And you laugh because you have inside information. So, so see, remember John 16, 13. He guides us into all truth, and he, he's our guide. He guides us into the truth of God's word. He showed me a scripture I never, I didn't know. I didn't know I knew that scripture, but I had been reading the Bible when I was a baby Christian. I just devoured it. Uh, yeah, I still am, but that was way back at the beginning of, you know, because um, it was when I was teaching school. Okay, two, uh, and the other one is in life situations, you know, he will guide you, but we got to place ourselves into his hands. I mean, if you take a tour like uh, somewhere, and you don't know where you're going, you could get into big trouble. Yeah. I mean, you know, like in the mountains or in those caverns. Yeah. 
See, when you feel spiritually dry, and you know, anybody ever feel spiritually dry? Uh, <laughs> you know what? You may have even feel like a Christian, but just know this, your salvation is not based on feelings. It's based on the word of God. And this, this is what you do, though. Repent if you need to. Lift your hands and pray. Consecrate. Remember that consecration thing I told you about, too? And, you know, just give yourself back to God. And that, that's what I do. Or I, I start, you know, and it's, we're not based on feelings, no. Kenneth Hagin said, if I would preach sometimes at the camp meetings when there were 14,000 people there, he said, if I preached on and based it on how I felt, he said I would walk out <laughs> and go to bed. <laughs> so, so, see, keep speaking who you are in Christ. Oh, that helps so much. It helps me. If it helps me, it's got to be helping you too. Amen. Just And you become aware of the preciousness of the, ins, the inside Amen. of the Holy Ghost. And whoa, you know what? Yeah, and it, it's okay. That the Holy Ghost, oh, that one scripture I didn't show you, it says, let's see. Let no, and it's in Ephesians 4. I know it by heart because let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But oh, let's go there. Uh, well, I know, but uh, let no, I, bleh, go, go to Ephesians 4, 29. I know it from the King James by heart, but, but it, it helps you. But you can put it in the amplifier. Oh, well, she put it in that one. That's right. Well, now you can look at that, and I'll read this one. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor, I mean, just listen, nor unwholesome or worthless talk. That's out of the amplifier. Come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. As is fitting to the need and occasion. See, the spiritual progress of others. Are you talking about them? Putting them down. Putting them down right in front of them. Even if you're correcting, you don't have to put down. It has to be to the spiritual progress of others. As is fitting to the need and occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace and God's favor to those who hear it. Now, here's where the Holy Ghost comes in. He lives in that, per if they're all, you know, they're a Christian, you're a Christian, and do not make him cry. <laughs> do not grieve. Look up the word grieve. <laughs> it means he's, uh, no, don't do that. He has to listen to that. Aye. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend him or vex him or sadden him. By whom you're sealed. He has to put up with it because he's in you. He's Mark branded as God's own, secured for the day of redemption. He's kind of like he's a down payment, like you make a down payment on a house. Yeah. And he's in you and he can't get out of you because you're born again. <laughs> but yet you're saying all this bad stuff. <laughs> and it grieves him. And, you know, the rest of it's good, too. It says, let all bitters, verse 31, 
bitterness and indignation and wrath and passion and rage and bad temper and resentment and anger and animosity, quarreling and, oh, it's going to get it all, quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, slander, evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice. I mean, why use a substitute for that F word? Because you're doing the same thing. Same exact thing. Might as well say it. Because <laughs> that's what you're doing. <laughs> and anyway, become useful and helpful and kind to one another. Be tender-hearted. Be compassionate. Be understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. Next, next one even. Therefore, you're being, see, it says, therefore, what's it there for? Because of what we just read. Be an imitator of God, because that's how he acts. Copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children imitate their father. And next verse even, it says, and walk in love, esteeming and delighting in one another, as Christ loved us. See, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be like that. So, um, just, just be aware that the victory is inside of you. The answers are inside of you. And don't go by feelings and circumstances and struggle in the flesh with your problem. See, that's what I saw. They taught him not to struggle in the flesh. When he came back, it was like, no. Don't, don't put up with this. This is flesh. Some people get gets it, you know. Stir up the anointing in you, which is the Holy Ghost. Remember, you have inside information. Because you are anointed. You are. And I could prove that to you, too. Um, Christ, the anointed one, and the anointing live inside of you. Let, let's go there because I remember the first time I saw this, I, I, I went, oh, when I read through the Bible, I went, whoa, really? <laughs> I went into this lady's house and I told her and she was like, she didn't get it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was revelation, but not to her, so I just, I dropped it <laughs> and took her popcorn recipe. <laughs> for caramel popcorn. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, let's go to the Amplified, but you have been anointed by, and you hold a sacred appointment from, you have been given an unction from the Holy Ghost. If you're a born-again Christian, you're anointed. You're anointed by the Holy Ghost. You've given a sacred appointment from the Holy Ghost. You have an unction to function. To function. You're right. And you know, you know the truth. You know all things. Okay. But the, verse 27, but the anointing which you have received, oh, but as for you, the anointing, the sacred appointment, the unction which you receive from him abides permanently in you. 
Some of you don't know that. You're born again, but you never read the Bible. You don't know this. So then you have no need that anyone should instruct you. Now, that doesn't mean you're not supposed to come and have teaching. That doesn't mean that. I've heard it explained a million times. That just means if you are in trouble, the Holy Ghost will instruct you what to do. But just as his anointing, the anointing means, okay, it means, okay, the, is the Holy Spirit the power of God? How did I used to say that? No, 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 wait a minute. I used to say, I'd say this, wait, okay. It's the, it's the power of God poured on rubbed in and smeared all over your flesh so your flesh stops <laughs> and you go and it's and another uh, <laughs> functioning and your spirit takes over the anointing is in other words the burden removing yoke destroying devil crushing mountain moving power of God the anointing is power and you got it you got it whether you know it or not, whether you just said, I, I'm born again, and that's all you said, never read the Bible, never went to church, you still got it. It's in you. And it's powerful. He abides in you. And see, the, anoint, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it's, it, it's like a illuminating power. Illuminating the lights. How come that was out? Oh. And it, it helps you distinguish between truth and error. See, to receive the Spirit and be under that guidance is to know the truth in a way that human instruction cannot provide. You don't, I don't care if you've got 10 degrees in theology. If Jesus ain't in your heart, you don't know nothing. It's all head knowledge. Because <laughs> you will know the truth of the word of God like any human cannot even instruct. It's not an argument against teaching but an emphasis that the, only the Holy Spirit is able to bring you revelation, knowledge of the Word of God. Because He's the teacher. And, and that's why you should be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and, and born again. Um, and you know what? You say, well, I don't feel Him. Don't go by feelings. No. The Holy Spirit's in you just as much when you don't feel His presence. And, if, and when you do feel his presence, and if he came and went, he wouldn't be abiding in you. And it says he abides in you. It said that in John. He lives in you. He can't get out of you <laughs> unless you totally reject him. See, believe the Bible in faith. If it says you have him abiding in you, you do. And stir him up. You stir him up by praising him. You, you, you stir him up by, you know what? Just acknowledging him by thanking him. 
I got something written here. Stir up. Oh, he said that. To, yeah, Paul said that to Timothy in uh, 2 Timothy 1.6. You know what 1.7 says? God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Well, right before that, it says stir him up. Rekindle the embers. The fan the flame. Keep burning the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, the inner fire that is in you. Keep stirring it up with the Holy Ghost. See, and that word there means when you um, stir it up, it means like you, I always use, um, no, no, it means like it doesn't stick to the bottom of the pot. You know, there's certain things as cooking, you got to keep stirring it and stirring it or it <laughs> stays to the bottom. See, stir the pot, that's right. <laughs> I'm trying to skip, see what I can skip here. Um, so he has, you have that anointing in you, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You got the comforter, the counselor, the, okay, you know what, I do it in alphabetical order. <laughs> so then I can, you got the advocate, the lawyer, <laughs> the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the strengthener, and the standby. Perfect number seven. <laughs> You got seven of them. So you've got everything you need inside of there. And let's see. I got to get going here. I didn't know this one. You know what? Fire is a type of the Holy Ghost. John said, I indeed, I wrote it out, baptize you with water, but one mightier than I comes the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. See, and in Acts 2, 3 and 4, if there appeared unto them cloven tongues like fire, and it sat on them, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with tongues. Oh, but that's of the devil. Excuse me, I'm just saying that because that's what I've been told so many times. I'm making fun of it, okay? <laughs> it is not of the devil. <laughs> in Romans 12, 11, Paul told the church, be fervent in the spirit. Oh, my gosh. Um, be aglow with the spirit, hot, fired up. See, God gave you fire and anointing of the Holy Spirit, but you've got to stir it up because it's sticking. <laughs> the pot is sticking. <laughs> And it's up to you to do something about it. You got to maintain that glow and stir, stir that thing. You know what? In the Amplifies, it says, here it is. Never lag in zeal and earnest endeavor. Never lag in it. Be full of zeal. Be a glow and burning with the Spirit. Serving the Lord. The opposite is dignified and cold and unemotional. And religious. <laughs> That's religion. <laughs> See, how does it apply to your prayer of life? When you pray in the Spirit, you stir up that inner fire in here in your prayer life, and then He starts to work, and you hear, you can hear Him. See, the New Testament says the Holy Spirit abides in you, and we just need to recognize the fact 
that we've got to stir up God inside. Okay, this is the last thing. You're not left helpless. And, and actually, Ike Akabogo used this scripture to Hebrew, and I used it the week before. Isn't that something God really wants us? I remember preaching on it the week before on the Sunday, then he used it, and we're going to use it again. Hebrews 13, 5, Amplified, and that's it. I I promise I'm shutting the books. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) There's so much I always want to say. Okay. So, let's, well, you know, let's start in the middle of the verse. (laughs) Okay. It's right at, let's see, one, two, three, four. The one thing about the lights, when we put the lights up, it made that lighter. (laughs) It's almost too long. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. You see, you got the Holy Ghost. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you, assuredly not. And it's the Holy Ghost. You got him all the time. Maybe somebody, you're in a dark alley and, you know what? Say, I got the Holy Ghost. And let that fire rise up with you. And you can get so that, you know, there'll be an angel by you and they'll run. <laughs> Amen. Well, Father, thank you that, that what we've preached, the fruit will remain. And Lord, I, I thank you that there'll be more revelation knowledge of even what I said, what the Holy Ghost has said to them. We thank you, Lord God that you are opening up the eyes of our understanding, you are flooding our hearts with light, that we might know the hope. (laughs) And how wonderful all the blessings and benefits are of, of having you a part of our life, and that you live in us, and you gave us everything that we need, all the tools we need to live a victorious life, no matter what has happened to us. And we thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so you're dismissed.